What's going on, guys? AJ here, back again with another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. And yes, I am bringing you yet another guest. But this time, it's actually going to be for the Monday anticipation uh, portion of this podcast. I don't get a lot of these episodes out, and that's really something I want to try to correct and I want to try to get better at here in the future. But um, I have a guest today, and her name is Leslie Gar, and I'm really hoping I pronounced that uh, that last name correctly, but she's phenomenal. You know, we talked about a lot of things around just employees, professionals, and career mapping, and, and career change, and, and what employees can do to, to really be heard throughout the app applicant process and the hiring process and and frankly what brands can do here in 2021 to be more intentional around uh, supporting their applicants and supporting uh, that talent coming into the organization and so again I'm just so thankful for Leslie, uh, for all the value that she was able to share on today's episode. I genuinely believe uh, this Monday anticipation episode will be one of the best probably that I'll ever record because of the amount of depth that we got into the, got into within this conversation. So uh, for, without you know any more delay, uh, I, again, I'm just so thankful to Leslie. I'm so thankful to every single listener and subscriber of this podcast. When I started this a little over a year ago, uh, I could not imagine... Uh, uh, the, the amount of growth and the amount of love that I received uh, via this ep- uh, via these episodes and via this podcast overall. So I'm bringing you again, uh, Leslie Gar, uh, another episode on the Monday anticipation segment of the E1B2 Collective podcast. Super excited for you guys to listen to this. I promise you this will not be uh, the last time I do this. I will be rolling out more guests within these segments. And uh, again, thank you so much, Leslie, and enjoy the enjoy the show, guys. Thanks a lot. So thank you, Leslie, for uh, joining this podcast today. Like I literally just told you 12 seconds ago, uh, there's real no, really no structure to it. I kind of want this to be super conversational. And, and, and again, like I probably told you a few weeks ago, I, um, I, never, I never expected to, to get into podcasting. I, I still, to this day, uh, and I always say 250, but now that I looked at it, I think I saw like 327 or some odd number of like how many recordings I've done. So um, I guess I am a podcaster, I guess, but um, I never really looked at it from that angle. And I'm always uh, I'm always excited and always grateful for people to uh, decide to join join this podcast. So I am thankful and uh, I'm excited to dive into some topics. Um, I'll say this and then I'll let you run off with your background and let everyone know who you are. Um, you know, Monday anticipation and, and really some of the things that we're going to be talking about as it pertains to just workplaces and careers and, you know, career development and professional development and just, you know, really focusing on employees and how they can level up what they're doing. Um, it's been one of the biggest focuses for me internally, but I'm, I'm finally excited to start talking more about it publicly. Um, for whatever reason, I just uh, have not put a lot of energy into Monday anticipation until the last few weeks. And so uh, I thank you for being um, one of the first individuals that are open to some collaborations and, and really open to even at a very minimal level, having a conversation on a podcast. Um, because uh, again, it's something that's very passionate and, and I'm really excited about, but I haven't put too much energy to it within uh, trying to partner and collaborate with individuals like you. So Thank you, and and give everyone a maybe a ninety second background of who you are, and let's hop in here. 
Sure. Thank you so much, Anthony. I'm really excited about that Monday anticipation idea. Um, I really sort of grasped onto it as soon as you told me about it. So I'm excited to be here. As for me, my name is Leslie Gar. Um, I am perhaps better known as Resume Leslie. Um, I am a master resume writer, also a certified career transition coach. I have been in the career space for almost 10 years, about nine years. Um, and I have been um, doing that sort of on my own for the last six or so years. And I work with um, passionate professionals who see themselves as helpers and servant leaders um, who are maybe in a position in their career where they're feeling not quite satisfied, like they're, they're either they should be doing something more or um, they're just really not at the end of the day satisfied in what they're doing. And I work with them on identifying what it is um, that's missing and how to go after it and how to be successful in doing so. Um, the main service I provide is resumes, but I also work with uh, career change coaching, uh, job search strategy, LinkedIn strategy, uh, and interview coaching. Very, very interesting. Um, and do you want to tell everyone about something that's super interesting about you personally, or I don't know if you share that publicly or not? Uh, sure. Yeah. So one of the things that I suppose is fairly interesting for my personal life is that I, I am think so. <laughs> I'm a full-time RVer, uh, otherwise perhaps known as a, a digital nomad. I have been traveling full-time in an RV with my partner, Andy, and our dog, Jax, for the last three and a half years at this point. It was summer of 2017. So um, we run the business from the road and we travel all across the U.S. And of course, that's been a little bit different since uh, 2020 and COVID and all of that. But for the most part, that is the lifestyle that we live. And um, we're, we're very fortunate. It certainly comes with its own challenges, but it's, it's an experience that I really treasure. And um, I think that we are very fortunate to be able to do it, so. Very cool. Yeah, I, th I think it's really interesting myself. Um, I don't know if I'm built for it, though. I don't even know what that means. Maybe, maybe I am built for it. I don't know. So I guess uh, maybe at some point you can give me some coaching on how to go from A to Z to make it happen. Because I think it's fascinating. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a there's a big world out there. Indeed, and I really don't think I would have been able to see as much of it if I had a, a stationary job. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's it's really interesting. We got into it before. Uh, this most recent sort of build of remote work. Uh, but I think it's cool now that remote work has taken hold more, the possibilities that it brings for people. So, Exactly. Um, are you familiar with My First Million, the podcast? I don't think so. Well, you should listen to it. And one thing that they do on that podcast is they riff about a lot of ideas. And I remember the last time we, we spoke there was an idea that we, you were, you were throwing to me and it was kind of just in the midst of me kind of talking about Monday anticipation. And so if you're comfortable in real time, I would love to, you know, and I'm, I'm looking, literally looking at the topics list guys. So I'm not trying to be suave here with like a, what do they call that? Like, what are the, like the, the TV hosts, like transition conversations? <laughs> um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, there's a, there's a, there's a topic or an idea 
and a concept that you wanted to work on called uh, whole human workplaces or work, your know, workspaces rather. Um, mm-hmm. Can you can you talk to me about that, or, or are you comfortable kind of maybe rifting on that idea and, and having us kind of do some real time collaborations around that um, right yeah. now? Is that something you'd be sure. comfortable with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so whole human workspaces, um, and that's just sort of a working title that I have assigned to this this idea. It came from, um, gosh, I think at some point last year, I was doing a podcast interview and talking about something where I said, uh, you know, companies are really starting to open their eyes to hiring whole humans. Um, and that hiring whole humans or, or whole human hiring um, idea sort of took root and now I'm, I'm taking it beyond hiring and kind of looking at it as, as sort of all encompassing of employment. But the idea is that, um, and I, I know I'm not the only person talking about this right now, which is why I'm so excited about it and so excited that, you know, to have this opportunity to talk about it. It's the idea that not only is it more beneficial to the employee, to the job seeker, to the candidate, uh, to be able to be more themselves uh, Mm. and to not hide themselves at work um, and and try to bottle themselves up or box themselves into what's expected in a quote unquote professional environment. Um, because I think that word is is used um, in, in sort of a weaponized way in, in a lot of ways. Um, it, it's the idea that not only is it beneficial for the employee to be able to be that way, but also it is massively beneficial to the company, to the employer. Um, there are studies that show um, that success, really more success comes out of environments that are more diverse person to person um, and as a team and as a group than, than groups that are homogenous. Um, so I, I really like the idea, um, like I know I've talked to you about that you actually mentioned to me as part of your belief system that employees have more power than companies would like them to believe. Uh, And I think that really fits in well with where I'm coming from to say, if if employees and job seekers can be more free to be who they are and bring their personal experience into the work, uh, everybody wins and it's, it's a better environment for everybody and the company ultimately um, reaps the benefit of having a better company or a better product or service or what have you, um, and and eventually affects their bottom line in a positive way. Um, so whole human workspaces is an idea, and I don't know how broad reaching it is, um, or or what it even really entails at this point. But it's something that I feel strongly is is attainable. Um, and I'd like to work with more people to figure out how to attain mm-hmm. it. <laughs> well, we can spend, I'm looking at the time here. Let's spend, because mm-hmm. this is kind of off the back of, um, off the My First Million and the bad joke that I made in the beginning of the episode where kind of mm-hmm. how I'm trying to connect it. What they do is they break down ideas on the podcast, really, right? That's how I did the connections. And like they literally in real time, like riffed on ideas for about seven or eight minutes. And I've always been fascinated by that. So. Being as someone that like 
build brands and, and always, you know, I'm coming up with ideas and, and I kind of have a framework to go about it. You think you'd be comfortable spending maybe seven or eight minutes kind of just going from like a theoretical A to Z around what it could be and the impact it could make to a business? Um, would, would that be something you're comfortable with? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Bring it. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll lead the way here. Let me see. Uh, let me see how you kind of react and navigate to it. So one thing that I think, um, I don't want to use the word it shouldn't be, but one thing that I think a lot of brands and, 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 and founders and CEOs would mistake this to be is a lot of the, a lot of the race and, and gender and, and inequality type conversations that we're having where individuals want to come into a workplace seeing, you know, seeing individuals that look like them, that think like them, that, um, that maybe from like a personal perspective and their personal backgrounds are similar to that. Like, I think, what am I trying to say? What I'm trying to say is I think a lot of founders and companies and leaders understand that's important. But what I'm hearing from you is you want to go another level past that, right? Because one man's point of view, I think there's a decent conversation around that happening. What I'm hearing and what I wanted to do with Monday Anticipation and what I'm hearing at the macro level with the whole human work workspaces is that you want to go much beyond that. And so what is what does it look like maybe possibly to go beyond just someone bringing their whole selves when it comes to their color or gender, the way they look at the world, um, you know, what they're doing, you know, behind the scenes in their, pro their personal time and, and making sure they're they're feeling uh, inclusive with that. Are there any other aspects that are a little bit deeper that you think this could go down? I do. And, and I do want to recognize you're absolutely right that it centers largely around the idea that people should be able to bring their experiences from a cultural perspective, from a gender perspective, from a, you know, sexual preference perspective, what, whatever personal perspectives they have. Um, I think that's absolutely the driving force, I think, for me that that got me started thinking about these things. Um, but going further than that, one of the things that I've started to realize over the last year or so, as I've been doing a lot more work with career changers, is that companies will often really miss out on a high value candidate based on the fact that their background doesn't look exactly like what the hiring manager or recruiter understands as the right background. Yeah, so let's go beyond, let's go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, so beyond who they are as a person, it's the idea that they're and I think now more than ever career change is becoming a much more common and accepted mm -hmm thing that happens and you know it's so much less likely now for someone to be in a career path or let alone you know one company for their entire career that just is is very rare um so the the what the candidate looks like is changing you know as far as just what their background is um but i i don't think there's enough support on the side of the recruiter and the hiring manager. And I mean, like they are not being given the support, the knowledge, the training to understand how to even recognize some of these high value skills that people come in with. But if the job candidate is coming from one industry and they don't understand how to um, 
convert or translate their verbiage from their industry to the one that they're they're pursuing. And at the same time, the hiring manager or recruiter in the field they're pursuing doesn't know how to understand what's being presented, then there's just a lack of communication. And it doesn't mean that there's not a great match there. It's just nobody's there to point it out. Let's walk down that path for a minute, because I'm glad you pointed that out. Because and I'm, and I'm trying to watch, and you even heard the way I was trying to articulate the first point. I'm trying to watch how I say it because, you know, obviously that's a very sensitive topic, right? Because, you know, what I, and this is just to the world here, what I, what I didn't mean, guys, is I'm not, you know, your, your sexual preference, your color, your gender, you want to see and feel and, and make sure those things are appreciated. I didn't mean to say, or I'm not trying to say that companies have mastered that. I guess what I was trying to say really, because I was thinking about it as you were talking as well, is I think companies are more woke than ever around that, right? I think um, I think they're starting to be a, a big surge of those conversations. So I just wanted to be on the record with that because, you know, I don't, I just needed to say that, right? Um, be, beyond that though, um, what I think is not more impactful, but what I think is to some degree equally as impactful is what you were talking about um is, is there an example that you can that you can give potentially that um that that kind of breaks down an example of what you're really talking about how someone could change a career and go into a different discipline and what advice would you give to the employer to recognize and what advice would you give to the employee of how to articulate those things Oh, I can certainly give an example. Um, as far as specific advice, it really comes down to a lot of different, a lot of different, very kind of specific things that are case by case and things like that. Um, but I, I do think I'd like to maybe address that from, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Sorry about that. Um, I do think that I'd like to address that from maybe a larger standpoint of, of how can things maybe be changed uh, to provide everyone on all sides a, a better platform to stand on and, and a better understanding of, of the situation as a whole. Um, so first, let me just start with an example. And this is one that, that sprung to my head as soon as you asked, and it's because I am very familiar with, with this sort of group of people and it's teachers, uh, specifically band directors. My, my partner was a high school band director. I was in school for music education. I have a ton of friends who are teachers or music educators, band directors, things like that. Um, as a band director, you have to be in charge of, of a large area of things. It's almost like running your own business. You have to handle the various um, departments of people. And that means your uh, different instrument sections and kind of who you know, the students are. Beyond that, you have to deal with the parents because you know you can't deal with a student without having to deal with the parents, right? And that mm. comes with its own set of challenges. Beyond that, you have to deal with the administrators within your school and at the district level. So there's a lot of, of coordinating and working within different people. There's also project management that comes into play when you talk about developing a curriculum and a, a lesson plan for the day and for the week and for how that fits into your long 
longer term goals uh, for throughout the year. Um, there are there are so many. Uh, you have to manage a budget as a band director, believe it or not. You have a budget for things like your instruments and your marching band uniforms. And, and many bands have programs where their kids raise funds. And so you have to deal with the fundraising as well as just the budgeting that you actually get from the district or what have you. Um, there are so many really high value skills that come into play as, as a, a band director or, or a teacher and yet, without really almost without fail, if you talk to a teacher who has tried to transition from teaching into the corporate world, they have been told explicitly and specifically by a recruiter or a hiring manager that they have no value, that there's there's just nothing that, that they can do. I can't place you anywhere. I don't, there's no, but that's, it's completely false. But it's not, you know, the, the recruiter and the hiring manager, they're not all bad people, you know, it's just about a lack of communication, a lack of understanding, um, and, and a lack of, of training. And I even put a post out recently uh, on LinkedIn that got a lot of attention um, about how teachers do have value. And I had someone comment and argue and say, no, they don't basically. And, and then I was able to sort of go through and explain in, in a little bit more detail than what I have here. Um, and, and that person came back and said, you know, I don't usually change my mind when, you know, arguing things on the internet, but I, I think you're right. I, that makes total sense and I stand corrected. Um, mm. So it's not that they don't have value. It's that the communication isn't there. Um, and on the one side, the teachers don't know how to communicate it. On the other side, if that's not communicated effectively, then the recruiters and the hiring managers don't even have the inclination to look further and think, Hmm, I wonder what this teacher could offer me. Um, and I think that's, that's where um, there are some high level big things that, that we could change to help ameliorate that situation and help break down some of those communication barriers. You know what that made me think about? Um, there's a, um, I'm blanking on the name here because I would love to give him, give him a plug. Um, there's, a, there's a company out here that, I'm talking to trying to find out a, a synergy in, a, in another direction. Um, and what he's doing is he's taking um, individuals that have come from completely different, uh, completely different backgrounds professionally um, that may or may not have had a bit of like a sales background. And he's helping them get acclimated to uh, be, be an internal sales team member or executive at the startup level. Uh, and nice. what he's doing there is, yeah, what, he, what he's doing there is, he's talking a lot about what you talked about. Because what he does is when, when applicants, um, or when students rather, because it's a cohort kind of model, when, when students come into the, into, the, into the cohort, what he realizes is through a couple simple tests that him and his team has put together, um, he realizes that these individuals already have most of the skills that are equivalent and transferable. But what he realized was the gap was, was the empathy, was the, mm -hmm. the, was the language. And, and so I'll, I'm curious to know what your take on that is, meaning what he essentially does is he doesn't really train them too much on how to be a better or more competent sales 
uh, executive or salesperson or sales individual. But what he does is he actually teaches them and articulates and works with them on the language barrier gaps that they may have. He, he talks to them about some of the nuances, some of the context around that particular industry and that particular product or that particular market. Do you think that maybe is, because for me, that's that's probably the punchline, right? Like I'm sure with this uh, with this potential company here, uh, Whole Human Workspaces, I'm sure as you get into it, you'll probably have some conversations with executives that if you were to really push the issue, they would probably agree with you. Very similar to the guy or gal, I'm not sure uh, what that was on, uh, on LinkedIn said, but they would probably agree with you that these individuals actually have the competence. But where I think they would make some sort of a valid point is some of the language barriers. And when I say language, I'm talking about just the nuance of language within the, within the space, within the sector, within the company. And then, and then also probably some of the context, they probably would have a decent argument to make that you know these individuals don't have as much context um and so what are your thoughts on that type of initiative i think that's something that could probably be baked in to this concept as well and then what do you think about the validity that these these companies may have when it comes to hey you know yeah you've done some sales you've, you've done some some team development you've done some whatever the case whatever the skill is going to be but there's a little bit of a barrier and a gap that you would need to get over from a context point of view and we don't know if we're willing to take that risk for you to, you know, get through that period of time. Do you have any thought on that? Yeah, um, I think with that aspect of it, there, there are two things that come to mind for me that I feel like are at play. I think number one, companies have lost the interest in um, investing in people at that level. Um, and I think it's starting to come back around. So I think companies are remembering or re-realizing that when you find a person who aligns with what your you know, company mission and vision and values are and, and someone who also feels aligned with you and feel strongly that they want to work for you as a company. Um, I think companies are, are remembering that it, it is valuable um, to invest in them and to give them that time uh, and training um, to get them to where they need to be. Now, on the other side of that, I think that, you know, I do understand time is money. Um, I think that in this whole sort of broader reaching idea that I have, if there were better training that included real data on the types of industries and job types that lent themselves well to others, um, either specifically or in a generalized way, um, like, for instance, you know, with the teaching, I have successfully helped um, multiple band directors transition out of uh, being a band director and into project management in a corporate company. And it could be, you know, any number of different types of industries, um, but it's the fact that they had that project management experience and we were able to push that and demonstrate that 
largely enough, you know, on a, on a grand mm-hmm. enough scale in their resume um, that someone was willing to take a chance on them and teach them whatever it was for whatever industry that they needed to learn. Um, so I think that if there were a more like really consistent and cohesive rubric of, of training on recognizing people's backgrounds and transferable skills without making them the candidates, you know, beat you over the head with it. (laughs) Um, I think that there can be a lot to gain from that middle ground of, of allowing both sides to recognize where some of those um, common commonalities lie. Um, But especially on the side of the recruiter or hiring manager, understanding before, you know, really trying to get into it, like, hey, this person comes from this. And I, I, I learned in my training that that could be a really great match. So let's make sure not to just discount them um, because they're, they don't have an exact match of, of background. No, I, I think that I think that's so right. And, and, I, and I guess what I would also say when it comes to that is, you know, I would I would probably more or less also think about like what I want to do is I actually want to send you that model. because so I think I think you'll get a lot of value from it because what they do really well is they is they merge they merge the two things, right? And so I guess the tip that I could, would give to you when when even thinking about this model is they do a really good job of connecting and merging the relationships they have with the employers and and because what they do on the employer side, and this is what I think you're saying also is they find the right opportunities. Like what we're talking mm-hmm. about is not for the every company and it's not for every leader. And you're not going to want to mm-hmm. take any employees that are in your ecosystem and throw them into that environment anyway, right? And so mm-hmm. on your side, the business side, what you would need to, to do is have a consistent behavior of building out really, really, really solid partnerships with brands and leaders that get it. But then to your point of the rubric, they know that you're doing some trainings and some development to maybe challenge or not challenge to maybe um, support that language barrier, support that skill gap barrier that they may or may not have or support some of that context. So it's like a two-way street. It's kind of like a two-way community on 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 the brand and employer side, you're already unpacking exactly what they need for them to feel comfortable and you're finding the right employer. And then on the employee side, what you would do is you would you would upskill them around context or language or communication or whatever the case is going to be. Does that make does that make sense of how again? And I'm just looking at the parallel of what he's the, what he's currently doing and what and what they decided to do. Yeah, yeah, I do think it makes sense, and I I think it does come down to a very sort of multi prong cross-functional approach. Um, So it can't just be, oh, well, okay, it's an issue and we want to address it. So let's address it just on the side of recruiters and and hiring managers. Or from my perspective, you know, oh, well, I know it's a problem. Well, I can't just address it on the side of the job seeker, even if I had all the resources and money in the world, if I'm only focusing on helping the job seeker to understand what the recruiter or hiring manager needs, then I'm not really serving all sides because ultimately the recruiter and hiring manager right now 
are missing out because they don't fully understand the way that other things can serve their needs beyond just what their scope of, of perspective is. Um, so, so I exactly. think you're right. It has to be coming from multiple different sides in order for that to work. And that's why, you know, when I sort of sent you my, my ideas for topics, I wanted to, um, you know, just sort of put that idea out there that I know that this is a big undertaking. I honestly don't have any idea if it's possible, but I think it is, um, no. and, and I'm here for it. And I, I would like to, you know, I love this opportunity to talk to you and I love that you are, are open to finding other people and, you know, reaching out and figuring out where all of these pieces fit together. Cause I think that's what it's going to take. Let me give you kind of the business business perspective around it. Um, and then I have a few more topics around this and then we'll move on to some other topics for the next 35 minutes or so. Um, okay. So like the business business part of it that I think will be really helpful for you to just have in your head um, and kind of the way I think about it, you know, for me, I would think about, you know, who are like the connectors uh, that that would get me closer to getting uh, that would get me closer to to more employees at scale. You obviously already have a network of employees and, and of professionals, but I would think of who are the other connectors, the other relationships that I can cultivate. I would also think about, I would really, really hone in on kind of this, this model that we just talked about now and, and kind of really figuring out the dynamics of that two-way street. You know, I think the way that you would be able to charge financially, because I'm even thinking about this in real time, like there could be a couple of different things. There could be a, because I, I even tell you again, the way I like to do business is I like to look at examples of other, too many people, and this is something you probably have recognized just in life, too many people try to like come up with something that's brand new without looking at models. I like to look at mental mm. models and then just plug and play what I wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. And so even going on what he's building, what he's actually done, and you'll like this, he charges the company. He doesn't even charge the students. Mm -hmm. So the, so he'll have a cohort of 200. He doesn't charge them a dime. Mm -hmm. He says, look, here's the curriculum. Here's the support. Here's the community. Here's the content. All of it is free. What we will do is we will plug you with, with the right companies. Because what happens is the company is going to, let's say there's five companies in this ecosystem for a cohort. The company is going to see 200 applicants, right? Or, or potential applicants or current, whatever the case is, right? They're going to see 200 human beings that they potentially can start to, to, to pick and, and, and pull and, and bring into their organization. And they're going to love to do that for two main reasons. Number one, they're going to know they're getting the training that 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 they feel comfortable about and that they feel like these employees need. Number one. Number two, they're going to already know that these individuals have the context necessary for them to really jump in and hit the ground running, and they're already going to have the relationship with you because that's why they're going to be there. And so mm -hmm. I know with his model, um, you know, I, I think it ranges from like five. 5,000, like 7,500 or higher. Of the, and again, he get, gets these from the companies. And this is a prepaid situation as well. So these companies are prepaying pretty much access to the, to, the, to the type of talent that they want to hire because they've already done their due diligence. They already trust your curriculum that, they, that you've designed. And you've designed that curriculum conducive off of the conversations and the context you know these employers want to see. Yeah. Um, so... That's just one model. There's a lot. 
models that we probably could brainstorm, but that's just one. Um, but let me let me ask you this one other thing for the next two, three minutes here. So we did have a conversation about Monday anticipation. One thing I, I also pushed really hard for with just a lot of the content and a lot of the things that I do is what I was telling you about what I did when I became my first head of people. I put together like this, you know, beyond resume type mm -hmm. initiative where it was nothing more than a prepped conversation and a prepped document that's that stated the following you know here's my current workflow right now like how i like to go about work right literally in this moment the type of leaders that i need to work with the type of ways that i like to be led and communicated to the type of moments where i really need development and i really expect certain type of leaders to work with me on that um the type of tasks and projects that i need to work on while i'm in this role because it connects to a future role that I want to have, maybe with your company, maybe with not, maybe not, um, and so on and so forth. And, and I created this thing as a non-negotiable. And so I walked into the company very confident saying, this is not, a, again, it's not a negotiation, it's not a fluctuation, it's not a maybe, it's not a what if, this is what it is. And for me, I'm looking for any brand that can appreciate that. And I'm not saying that you're not that brand, but if you can't appreciate it, then maybe this company is not for me, right? Mm -hmm. And what that does is it shifts the employer-employee dynamic in the relationship. Um, is, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts on that at a, at, a, at a, I guess, at a deeper level as it pertains to this particular idea and as it pertains to just, again, supporting employees around having that confidence? I, um, and I'll give you one last piece of context. I had a call with a guy looking for a job right now. And I, I'll be very frank with you. Um, I think I did a decent job, but he admitted to me that everything I was saying was scary as hell. He, he told me that, you know, I have no idea how I'll be able to go into a company with that level of confidence and that level of clarity. And I kind of talked to him about the process that I've done behind the scenes. Because like, I don't want people to think listening to this or and i told this guy as well i don't want you to think that i just woke up one day and walked into any company and said this is what i need in a very demanding fashion case closed i did a lot of prep behind the scenes to make sure my financials were straight to be able to like ebb and flow through the companies that are going to laugh me out the room because that happened a lot um i uh i really took a lot of time to mentally get my head in the right place to, uh, to appreciate myself because it really has a lot to do with mental health as well, Leslie. Like, I, mm -hmm. I need this for my mental health. Like, everything I'm putting here is a non-negotiable because I know if I don't have these things, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. I'm not going to feel great. I'm going to feel annoyed. I'm going to feel disrupted. And I know what that can do for me. And I just, I don't want to tolerate, tolerate that anymore. Um, and so I kind of just walked him through like my behind the scenes process of how I got confident enough to put together that beyond resume execution. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you, you've been talking and working with applicants a lot more than I have. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Is there any way that can be, should be baked in, is baked in? What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I really like it as, it as it pertains to supporting job seekers. I think it's fantastic. And I totally understand where they would be coming from for not feeling comfortable with that. but. You know, I think there, there's two possible, you know, reasons for that. The first reason, of course, would be if you're not financially in a situation where you can be quite that picky, 
that's fine. You know, I think that that is a different situation. And I think it's important to just say, Hey, you know, do what you got to do, what's right for you and for your situation to put food on the table, to get the job that you need to get. But if that job does not meet all of those, you know, non-negotiable, non-negotiables, then continue the search, you know, now that you have the job under, underfoot, you know, continue the search. So, um, if it's not that situation, then it's just simply usually that we have all been kind of led to believe that we don't have power when it comes to choosing our job. I work with job seekers all the time that ask me questions like, well, should I, should I try to target this or, or, or this kind of skill? Cause I know this skill is becoming more important, la la. But when I start to ask them, well, do you, are you interested in that? You know, is that something that you want to do? Do you like it? And if they say no, then it's like, well, let's talk about things that, that might be in play that you, you are interested in. And so it's, I have to remind job seekers a lot that they have a say and that they have power. And I think that that exercise of, of going beyond, you know, the resume, I think that's a great way to allow them to identify those non-negotiables and, and decide for themselves about the jobs that they take based on that. Um, And I love that you talked about, sorry, I just, I love that you talked about shifting the dynamic um, shifting the dynamic between the employer and the, the job seeker. I think that's a really great way to just shake things up and, and not only to put yourself in a better position for yourself, but also to show the strength and confidence that you have to the person who might be considering hiring you, you know, that might put you in a better position in their eyes as well. You, the reason why I, I apologize, I didn't mean to almost cut you off there. Um, oh, you're good. <laughs> the, the reason why I jumped in though is because there was something you said that I, I didn't want to make sure I missed, and I still think I have it in my head. You mentioned, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned, and I'm assuming you were talking about a previous client or a current client where they were looking at different industries and different tasks and different jobs and roles and saying, well, should I do this because I, you know, this is starting to pick up some steam. This is a little bit hot right now. This is something that's interesting. Whatever the case is. You know, one part of the beyond resume and the whole Monday anticipation kind of, and again, I told you this, like the concept, the atmosphere, the energy, right? Like it's out of, outside of the speaking initiative, there's really isn't a business model to it. It's just me, like I told you, kind of connecting and partnering with individuals like yourself and just really, really wanting to help and, and trying to put that battery in the back. But the, the biggest piece of the battery that I try to plug in individuals' backs, and I'm finding this. You know, I'm finding this with my, my girlfriend right now. I'm finding this with my mom. I'm finding this with a lot of friends. Um, is the following. I don't know. I don't know if a lot of, and this is a real thing. This is kind of getting connected to like find your passion type conversation. And I don't want to go too Tony Robbins-ish, but I do want to kind of like scoot over there a little bit. What I'm hearing from what you just said, and when, even as I'm thinking about this myself, there's a lack of, there's a lack of clarity around the micro aspects of a professional world that individuals are really good at slash genuinely enjoy. Like what I think is so interesting is that I think a lot of individuals don't know how to craft and navigate their own world. You know, it's something that I think I've 
tried to do for me is which is like I try to like be very intentional about skills that I want to hone, skills that I don't care to hone. And at the end of the day, and, and if you look at everything I've been saying, it's all like super intentional. It's like non-negotiable. This is what I need. Like, and I even told you that like I want I want to see employees and applicants and, and, and job seekers like be more selfish, right? Because mm -hmm. Before you can help a brand, before you can help a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a mother, a husband, a partner, before you can help anyone, you got to help yourself. Because if you don't have yourself straight, if you don't have your, you know, if you don't have your own self confidence, if you don't have your own clarity, then how can you genuinely serve the organization at the highest level? How can you serve anyone around you at the highest level? And that's where I think a lot of it came from me. Do you do you sense that a lot? Like, are you seeing that a lot? Like, maybe even some of your clients right now, obviously without disclosing any names or any clear examples like are you sensing that these individuals are just trying to hang on and just trying to live life professionally and not really fully understanding of what they want to contribute into the world of of, of, of business and from a professional level I do I do absolutely see that and I I see a very big difference between the job seekers that I work with who have that sort of outlook or, or maybe a, a lack of an outlook versus the ones that I work with who are very intentional and very clear. Um, and even if they're not clear, they're, they know that they're not clear and they want to be clear because in the past they have been clear. You know, they're the type of person who takes care and puts thought into that level of clarity. Um, and there, it really is incredible the difference uh, in, in working with those two types of people. And I actually have really gravitated towards the latter of working with people who are intentional and are thoughtful. Um, and in doing so, I have also sort of used that approach and platform in my you know, social media posts and, and my emails to my network when I when I talk about you know helping them I try to put those ideas of support and those ideas of hey if you're not thinking about what you like to do or what your larger contribution you know to the world should be um, maybe maybe now's a great time to start you know I try real hard not to tell people what to do because everyone's situation is different but mm. I am a, a very uh, firm believer that you can only get to where you want to go if you're intentional about deciding on where that place is and then the actions that you take or don't take uh, and whether or not they lead you in that direction um, so yeah, absolutely. I see job seekers out there who aren't clear and don't maybe have that presence of mind to, um, to realize it. And that's what I, I hope to help sort of debunk and, and demystify is, is helping people get to that place where they're being more intentional and thoughtful on that level. Let me, maybe, let me give a tip to the listeners and I, and I want you to listen in real time now and tell me if I'm I'm heading down the right road. And if you would recommend something like this. Um, and so, you know, my story, right? Maybe let's do like a little real time coaching session for me personally. Um, you know, a bit of my story. I started a company at 19, started a second one at 21 from 19 to about 25 ish going on 26. I was an entrepreneur through and through. Um, I, uh, I dropped out of university uh, in top of my sophomore year. 
Um, never went back. Um, I don't have any major solidified um, certifications that anyone would look at immediately and say, this is amazing. Um, I don't have anything traditionally that folks care about. But what I do have is a lot of experience and I do have a lot of perseverance and a lot of clarity, right? And so five years ago, I set out to say to the world and say to myself, frankly, I am going to be ahead of people. And I set out and I said that, I said that and I did that, right? But even moving forward though, and this is still a goal of mine, I'm going to be ahead of people as that's, this is my backup plan. The whole entrepreneurial thing doesn't work out again for the third time. And what I mean by work out is it's worked out two times before, but I've never strung together a 10 year, 15 year run of doing it at a high level, right? Like that's my new goal is like, I wanna see if I can prove to myself that I can run a company for 10 years, the staff and the whole thing consistently, right? But if that doesn't work, and there, there is a certain time window where that doesn't work because of, I wanna have kids soon and I don't wanna, because I'm an old school guy, right? Like, you know, so anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. But um, so I have a time window. And so I need to become ahead of people again as my backup plan. Now, there are certain aspects of being ahead of people at a really high level company that I want to be that at, that I still need to cultivate. And so about 18 months ago, I said to myself, AJ, start these companies again. You're currently ahead of people right now. But what I want you to do behind the scenes is I want you to start a podcast and I want you to interview as many heads of people that you can find. And I want you to get down to the core. Then I want you to go find a mentor group that will talk with you every single month. Then I want you to find really detailed white papers and case studies and, 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 and low level and high level certifications and anything that you can find behind the scenes to really understand these things. Then I want you to start a business model, three of them that are all based around this world. And I want you to surround yourself with a staff of individuals that are just rock stars in this space because now you'll be able to make money and see amazing heads of people in real time execute the things that you want to do behind the scenes and then i said to myself and i want you to do all that by making sure behind the scenes your finances are taken care of so that you can really dive into that development process and so how i'm doing that i'm very vulnerable right now and i i, I hadn't told many people about this I'm not gonna disclose the number because the number doesn't matter, but I make a decent amount of money in the mixture of a couple of different ways. The companies that I run, the speaking initiatives that I do, eBay, DoorDash, I just smash it all together. And what that does for me, Leslie, and I really wanna get your point of view on this, and I think I'm trying to give some advice, is it allows me to have a peace of mind and a, and a, and a, and a clarity seeking perspective and patience to get to my end goal. So what I feel like is happening, Leslie, is that there's so many people probably coming to you that are that are stay-at-home moms that are maybe transitioning back into the workplace or that are doing career changes just at a macro level. And the realities of life, mortgages, kids, finances are so bearing on them that they're, they're that they're looking at this big mound of like career changing initiatives from like a development standpoint or an upskilling standpoint or a networking standpoint that it's just so gargantuan to them that it gets scary to them. So do you have any thoughts on kind of how I went about it? Because I think what I'm asking people to do potentially is like do anything you need to do to make money and take care of your day-to-day -day bills. But maybe instead of 
making the transition in six months, maybe spread it out for two years and like take your time and chip away at building really substantial relationships, chip away at building up a mentor base and chip away at, you know, really getting to know the market that you want to jump into. Um, am I crazy for that advice? Like, am I wrong? What, what, what is your thought on that little rant there? No, I think it's great to, when you have, and I think that's a really outside the box way of thinking of it. So when you have a goal and you're not sure how to get there, any little bit can be helpful. Um, And I think that's kind of what you're getting at. It's like, okay, so you decided that you wanted to be head of people. And so somebody gave you this great advice of, well, go talk to a ton of them. And while you're at it, go ahead and broadcast those talks so that you can start to get some, you know, of a following and get that information out there and and all of these things. Um, I, I absolutely think that that is a similar tactic to what career changers can do. And I actually um, was, <laughs> I was in a room on Clubhouse a few weeks ago, um, helping to answer some job search questions. And there was a person who was employed with a company that he really liked, but he had decided that the area that he was in, he wasn't happy with, but he wanted to um, potentially talk to, you know, his boss or somebody higher up about moving over, but he didn't want to jeopardize his current, you know, position in la la. So one of the things that I sort of suggested was that he might be able to, because one of his worries also was that he didn't have any experience in the area that he was interested in other than the research he had done and talked to a couple of people and decided I think I might be interested in this area. And so I told him if possible, you know, if he has good relationships within the company, especially um, if he, if there was any way that he could just provide some help and support around a project in that area that he was interested in, um, you know, something totally sort of in his own time or, or outside of the scope of his current role, um, but that would allow him to get to know those people in that area better and be around the, the function of the role and kind of listen to them talk and see what they're doing and maybe ask questions if, if it's pertinent and, and, and he's not being a bother. Um, And I think that that is a similar idea where it's like, okay, you know, maybe you won't be successful if you just up and try to apply for this role, but where can you put yourself in a position to get more familiar and to get a little bit more even peripheral experience, um, even if it's not direct experience. Um, So yeah, I, I think that outside the box thinking is exactly the way to go. I love everything you're saying. I, I think I did a decent job but not cutting you off because I was freaking out, jumping at the bit to, to say something because that's something I actually kind of switching over a little bit into like some of, the, some of the coaching I do for executives. And maybe this is something I would even say to you. Like, you know what I would do if I were you, whether it's in podcast format or blogging format, you probably have already done this. So I'll probably speaking to the choir here. I would start doing kind of what I'm doing, which is I would start pushing very heavily to like the companies that you inevitably are gonna advise your clients to work at or be a part of, or just that that world and that community. You know, I would start speaking directly, you know, whether it's blogging, podcasts, speaking events, whatever, you know, LinkedIn posts to those executives. Cause this is what I do. I demand the companies that I'm either ahead of people of when I was there for five years or now that I'm running companies, supporting these type of companies, 
I make every single company that I advise or that I work at or any leader that I talk to, I say, you know, you need to have this in, inside of your learning and development infrastructure. Like if someone raises their, like realistically, if, if Derek raises his hand in the marketing department and out of nowhere says, you know what? I want to figure out, I want to go to the product side. I want to start, I want to start developing your, your product infrastructure a little bit more. I, I'm fascinated by this. I, you know, don't just throw them a little bit of money and have them take some classes behind the scenes, which I love, by the way. I, I push, I really, really beg leaders to say, you know what, come over here. Maybe we'll set up a, uh, maybe we'll set up a shadowing moment, you know, for, uh, for one day a week uh, per month. So maybe there's 12, and maybe, maybe we'll set you up on an IDP plan where behind the scenes, you're doing your thing. We'll, we'll give you a little cash for some certifications and some, and some upskilling. And then also, over the next 12 months for a year, we'll, we will know that you'll spend a full eight hour shift shadowing and just helping and being a healthy hand and being around the context. Because what I've learned about learning and you probably have learned the same is individuals learn the best when they're in there, right? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. um, like I have four heads of people right now that I shadow throughout the times of the year. I just wanna be around them. I just want to hear, They're, they, they were like, they asked me, like, how do you want to create this initiative? I said, I don't need you to do anything. Get me on Zoom, literally while you're planning your initiatives behind the scenes and just, just talk to yourself. And I won't say a word. I just, want to, I just want to get inside your head and understand how you think, understand how you process things. I want to sit there and not say a word as you're in meetings talking to executives. I just want to see you in the moment. And that's all these employees want to do as well when they want to make these transitions. And mm -hmm. so if I'm, if any executive listening to this right now, and if you are listening, you probably already know my spiel, like that's not a, that's, that's a. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Oh, did it cut out? It did cut out, but I can hear you now. Where did it cut out? Oh my gosh, I have to edit this. Where did it cut out? Oh, I did about 10 seconds worth, not long. Okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll edit it out. The gist of it is, this is the message to myself so I can edit it. Um, and then I'll let you pick up where I left off. Uh, I just genuinely believe that, um, that companies need to do this, right? Like, uh, Companies really, really, really need to put these things in place, and they really need to support um, support these support these employees around learning and development, around giving them those shadowing shadowing opportunities. So um, that was the gist of it. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. And I think that where I'm coming from, you know, and sort of circling back to what we talked about closer to the beginning of our conversation, is that. I think that there really needs to be a packaging and a messaging to those employees that puts it in terms that make sense to them. Um, and if we know, and I, I know that there are some companies, you know, maybe even a lot of companies out there that are on board already and they are interested in making better workspaces and and considering you know the entirety of of the people that they have working with and for them um but for the ones that are not maybe 
um, naturally inclined to adopt some of these things, um, I think it will come down to explaining it in in concepts that matter to them so moving back to you know as much as this doesn't appeal as much to me uh, from a personal level but if I'm talking to a company and you know talking to them about well your bottom line will be improved if you know you have these more inclusive workspaces and you have a higher level of diversity person to person and across your team and across your company because that diversity lends itself to more creativity, more innovation, more of, of um, just moving forward and, and being at the front end of, of things within your industry. Um, and then beyond that, and one of the things that I'm really excited about that I'm really excited to hear, um, I was actually in another clubhouse room a couple of weeks ago and there was a recruiter in there talking about um, how he, no, I'm sorry, he was a hiring manager, but he was talking about when recruiters come back to him and ask or let them know that job seekers are asking questions, even in the early stages about mm. what does your company, you know, what did your company do to support uh, Black, Indigenous, and people of color on your staff during, you know, the protests last summer? What have you done to support um, your staff during COVID? What, um, what well, that's going to be do, super big. Yeah. And, and what do you, how many, you know, BIPOC members are represented in your, in your board or in your company leadership when recruiters come to hiring managers and say, Hey, these people are asking this and they want to know, and they're making decisions based on that, that is going to get the hiring manager or the people, you know, that he has to answer to or consult to or talk to. It's going to make them stand up and take note because if they're losing good talent um, to their competitors who are perhaps performing better in that area, uh, in the area of treating their or, or their employees one way or another, um, that's going to really move them as well. So I think it's important as we start to have these discussions that we try to make sure that we're framing it appropriately to to elicit response and action um, and then that probably means reframing and changing the message around depending on who the audience is um, but I think that's really important to consider the last thing I'll say about that and then, and then we'll get you out of here um, uh, I, this is a really big aggressive statement so Leslie I apologize but I'm going to make it here and I'll take ownership of this uh, you don't mind if I curse, do you? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, to every company and founder and anyone internally that listens to this, I'm going to speak directly to you now. Don't bullshit what Leslie just said either. Don't change the color dynamic on your, on your website to have rainbow colors. Don't just plug in an African-American or uh, a Mexican-American or a Latino-American or, or anyone of color on your website website just because don't have just one-off conversations uh about dei you know one time a year where you reach out to thought leaders like myself to come in and pay them five thousand dollars to do an, an initiative don't uh don't just change a little bit of the language on your job description and then the individual gets in there and it's not at all an inclusive world or an inclusive dynamic uh you know actually work with 
and I'm not even going to throw my name in the ringer here, work with some of the partners that I have with Startup PX, work with, I don't know if this is things that you touch on, Leslie, personally, or, or work, there's, there's plenty of people out there. Actually get this into your systems, into your operations, into your day-to-day around how you hire people, how you fire executives that do not show exclusive, uh, inclusive leadership traits. Um, make this a real thing. Uh, and again, part of my friends, but don't fuck around with this. I'm not. I'm really not joking. This is like the, this is like the the Baltimore 19 year old AJ coming out here. Uh, uh, I will find you all. Uh, I'm just joking, but no, kind of seriously. I kind of will though, because I, because I, I'm not going to name any names or get any put anyone out. But there's been some, there's been some just disrespectful, just like you know, billboard type moments where they, you think it's one thing and then I'm hearing from employees that you get in the company and it's a completely different other thing. Um, and because at the end of the day, you know this, Leslie, they're going to leave. If that's something they want and then they get in there, they don't see it or they think or they see it in one moment and it's bullshit, they're going to leave. So now you're really yep. screwed. Don't even yep. get me into the costs that are associated with them leaving once you've even got them in there. Uh, all right, I'm done freaking out. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, and again, that comes down to, to the bottom line. If you're faking it, then nothing is going to change about your, your bottom line. If you're bringing in, you know, more women or more uh, people of color, black indigenous people of color into your leadership, but you're not giving them a voice and you're not, you're not actually listening to or valuing what they bring to the table, then nothing about your bottom line is going to change and you're not going to reap the benefits of that diversity. I think you have to, you have to buy in, you have to actually value it. And if you don't, then that's not, that, that's not the right way. A hundred percent. So I'm looking at the time here. Zoom, Zoom has a timer on me. We have about uh, 37 seconds for you to tell us who, uh, where people can find you, plug anything you want before this thing cuts us off here. Um, sure. Um, ResumeLeslie.com is my website. You can find me uh, at Resume Leslie on just about any social media. I am most active on LinkedIn, um, but pretty much any of the major social media, that's where I am. Resume Leslie. And hopefully you're going to be uh, really pushing some of this initiative that we kind of brainstormed for a little bit and they, they'll, they'll hopefully be looking out for, for that type of content or that type of initiative in the next six to seven months or so, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm working towards that for sure. Perfect. Put in the air, right? You got to put in the air for it to happen. Yes, definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Leslie.